0: All right, page 48. We probably won't get through all of it today because of time. It's a short class today. But we'll get to as much as we can cover. Um, first question, What? what's a decision you're glad you made when as a teenager or a young adult? To stay pure,
1: Just stay pure. Um, until I got married Amen. Save myself from
0: one man. Amen. Praise the Lord.
2: Praise
0: the Lord. Amen. Anybody else? I
2: have to choose a job.
0: A job, okay. All right. Um, We are looking at session four. Is Jesus God? Is Jesus God? So let's look at uh, Bible meets life. Who want to take that. Five or Go ahead.
2: Teenagers are not known for always making good decisions. Most of us can recall memories from our adolescence. Choice of clothes, friends, things we did, and ask ourselves, What was I thinking? And many of us were often on were often on the receiving end of that question from parents. After questionable behavior, a parent would ask. What were you thinking? Our usual response was, I don't know. That's a valid answer from a teenager. The adolescent brain is still developing and the brain's neurotransmitters don't always make the logical leap they should. But that doesn't mean teenagers are incapable of good decisions. Many of us found hobbies or other interests during those years. Some of us chose the career paths we wanted to pursue and a lot of us decided in our youth to follow Christ. Mary was a young person who faced a huge decision. When she heard the life-changing announcements, she could have doubted or abused, but she chose to accept God's mission. It falls on us now to decide, do we accept the miraculous birth of the Son of God, or do we take a more skeptical approach? Is Jesus really
0: God? Okay. So sometimes teenagers get... Get it right. Such was the case with Mary. What's the point?
2: Everything about Jesus' birth points to his divinity.
0: Every single thing about his birth points to his divinity. People look to a variety of religions to get their lives lives meaning. Some of these religions offer a God who is so beyond us that he is unreachable other religions have human leaders yet their humanity makes them little different from us but in Jesus the all-powerful transcendent God came to us he came to earth and became one of us that is what makes Jesus unique he is fully God and fully man a couple of passages we have uh, to look at today the first one is Luke 1 26 to 29 before we do that let's read the setting after the angel Gabriel had announced to the priest, Zechariah, that he and his wife, Elizabeth, would be the parents of the forerunner of the Messiah, Gabriel was sent by God to the village of Nazareth, traditionally known as the Annunciation. This passage details how Gabriel appeared to Mary, a young virgin, and revealed to her that she would be the mother of the Messiah. Okay, let's look at that first passage.
1: In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came to her and said, Greetings, favorite woman, the Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. The key word here is favored woman in verse 28. Mary was providentially chosen by God apart from any merit of her own to be the mother of Jesus, God's promised Messiah. And deeply troubled in verse 29. The Greek term diataraso suggests the meaning of intense agitation and concern. Mary was perplexed at the angel's greeting and its meaning. It had been 400 years since God last spoke through the Old Testament prophets. After such a long silence, the work of God was on display. God was doing what only He can do, making the impossible possible. Mary's relative Elizabeth was pregnant. Despite her old age and lifelong barrenness, God transcended her circumstances and made it possible for her to conceive. There was no doubt God was involved because he had sent the angel Gabriel to announce his plans to Elizabeth's husband, Zachariah in verses 11 to 20. God had done a mighty work, but he wasn't finished. Six months later, God sent the angel Gabriel to Mary to announce that an even greater miracle was about to occur. One thing that made this miracle so fantastic was to whom it was happening. Scholars believe that in all likelihood, Mary could not have been older than 15, although marriageable age was typically between 12 and 14 in those oh. days. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it sounded like the island. Yeah, it sound like the island.
1: <laughs> Scripture tells us she was engaged to a man named Joseph. In their culture, engagement or betrothal meant others viewed her as Joseph's wife, although They were not yet living together as husband and wife. What was the miracle? Mary was a virgin. Because Luke wanted to be very clear on this, he twice referred to Mary's virginity. Matthew also told us of the virgin birth in this gospel and reminded us that the prophet had foretold all this centuries earlier in Matthew 1.22. Roughly 800 years earlier, God had spoken through the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah said, Listen, house of David, is it not enough for you to try the patience of men? Will you also try the patience of my God? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. See, the virgin will conceive, have a son, and name him Emmanuel. Isaiah 7, 13, 14 The angel Gabriel had announced that two miraculous births would soon take place, but make no mistake, The virgin birth of Jesus is far more significant. It points to Jesus' divinity. Luke described John as great in the sight of the Lord, but the gospel writer called Jesus great without any qualification. John will be filled with the Holy Spirit while still in his mother's womb. But the very conception of Jesus involved the Holy Spirit. Gabriel told Mary, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. John would make ready for the Lord a prepared people, but Jesus will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end. Consider the impact it surely had on this young virgin for an angel to appear to her. This wasn't just any angel. This was Gabriel. His name means warrior of God. Gabriel also had appeared to Daniel and to Zechariah, John the Baptist's father. In those encounters, the men were terrified when Gabriel appeared before them. Certainly understandable. After all, it was the appearance of an angel. But Mary was deeply troubled by his statement, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you.
0: Okay, so it's significant that we would see angels again. And angels means what? What does angels mean? Messenger. They always came to bring messages from God, right? So angel means messenger, and angels deliver divine pronouncements to the people of God from God himself, Uh, like UPS and FedEx in those days, (laughs) all right? The angel came, and the angel Gabriel mentioned twice in the book of Daniel and twice in the book of Luke. Uh, also, um, there are some comparisons between John the Baptist and Jesus. Uh, one is greatness, and the other is the role of the Holy Spirit would play, the role the Holy Spirit would play in their births. So another comparison, another comparison would, would be John would prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. So there's noted comparisons there uh, between John the Baptist and Jesus uh, as noted. A virgin used twice in verse 27 to make it very clear. Notice what the, 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 the uh, passage says, very clear that Mary never had experienced sexual intimacy with a man at the time of Gabriel's appearance to her. And the Bible makes that clear by mentioning it over and over. And what does repetition mean?
2: Take note.
0: Take note, all right? Get the point. All right, that's what repetition means. And then that, that uh, engaged. A lot of people who are still in, in, confused about uh, the process of engagement during that time. Uh, It was also called betrothed in the Bible. And betrothal involves a formal agreement undertaken by the parents of the children to be married. Okay? And uh, the betrothal process involved the payment of the purchase price to the father of the bride and a formal written agreement to marry. At the end of the betrothal, a marriage ceremony took place. Marital relations did not occur until the marriage ceremony. And there are a lot of critics out there who use this as a critical uh, 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 point with regards to uh, Mary being a virgin and being married or betrothal. They don't understand the, 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 the difference or the historical, uh, cultural aspect of that. Okay, um, time is rapidly moving, so I'm trying to uh, see what we can do next. Okay, let's look at the next passage. Uh Luke 130 to 33. Question two? Yeah. Oh question two. What do you think Mary found why do you think Mary found Gable's greeting to be troubling? Any thoughts on that? Hmm? Mm-hmm. She was a virgin, okay. Anything else? I
1: wondered what does it mean the Lord is with
0: you? uh uh-huh. mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that could be troubling. Mm-hmm. Anything else would be troubling to Mary?
3: Why do you just like a common person?
1: came to you.
0: Yeah, why me? Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. Good points. Hmm? Okay, she'd she never been with a man, right? She uh, did not know of any relationship with a man. Okay, next passage. Uh, 1 to 30. Uh one thirty to 33. Okay, let me read that one. (laughs) "Then Then the angel of the Lord told her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Many of many who challenge the virgin birth of Christ believe Jesus was an illegitimate child. That's what we we're just talking about. Uh, they do not believe in the miraculous power of God. They forgot that though Gabriel clearly connected Jesus to his father David, he also called Jesus the Son of the Most High. Jesus was fully human, yet his connection to his earthly ancestor David also makes points to his divinity. God had made a covenant with King David, one in which God promised that David uh, that promised David that his descendants would rule over the, an eternal kingdom. Consider the parallels between David's words, God's words to David and Gabriel's words to Mary. 2 Samuel 7, 9-6 A great name The throne of his kingdom he, he will be my son. Your house and your kingdom will endure before me forever. And then Luke uh, 1, 32, 33. He will be great. He will be called the son of the most high, the throne of his father, David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom will have no end. Religions are full of human leaders. But while Jesus is human, he is also, he is like no other. In fact, the things we learn from Gabriel's announcement about Jesus' relationship to David point to his divinity. He will be called the Son of the Most High. Note the order of Gabriel's description. He referred to Jesus as the Son of God before referencing his connection to David. First and foremost, Jesus is the Son of God before he is the Son of David before any other title, before Jesus was conceived in Mary's womb. He is the preexistent Son of Almighty God. And then secondly, the Lord will give him the throne of his father David. This promise fulfills one of the major Old Testament covenants, the Davidic covenant. Jesus would suffer and die, but he would rise victoriously and reign on his throne a throne given to him by his father. Thirdly, he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. Jesus' victory is an eternal victory. Daniel had a vision of one like a son of man, reference to the Messiah, who was given dominion and glory and a kingdom, so that those of every people, nation, and language should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will not be destroyed. And then, fourthly, his kingdom will have no end. A promise of an eternal kingdom alludes back to an earlier prophecy about the coming Messiah. For a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace, according to Isaiah 9, 6. Okay. Um, question number four. three, right? Yeah. Okay, what do these verses teach us about Jesus' humanity? That he was not just a man, right? What do they teach us about his humanity?
2: He came through the
0: line of David. He came through the line of David, okay. He had ancestry. Mm -hmm. He didn't just drop out of the sky. Mm -hmm. Right? There was a connection, a lineage connection. Okay, what else?
1: He was fully human.
0: He was fully, 100% human and 100% God. Okay? He couldn't say he was a superman and so he couldn't do, he could not deal with what humans dealt with. And that's why God brought him in as a human being so that he can identify with those he came to die for. Okay, people often come to us and say, boy, I know what you're going through, and they have never been through it. But Jesus can say to us, whatever, we, whatever we're going through, I know what you're going through. And that's the reason why God made him man, a human being just like us, so that he can identify with us. And so if a person hasn't been what you've gone through, and they say, I know what you're going through, tell them, no, you don't. Because they really don't. Unless you know they did, then you could contradict them. Okay, uh, question number four. What do these verses teach us about Jesus' divinity? I think we covered that, right? Yes. Yeah, okay, let's move on. Uh, we got one more, uh, because time is going. Let's look at the last, what oh, is that, that is? Okay, we got one more passage. Uh, there was something, uh... Evidence of Jesus' divinity based on that last question. Look at the chart. Okay, evidence of Jesus' divinity. Gabriel's message to Mary foretold Jesus' divine nature. A baby would be both fully human and fully God. Okay, that's impossible, but God made it possible. Okay, fully human and fully God, and God told Mary that that's what her child would be. And then, secondly, he would be called a son of the Most High, according to Luke 32, one thirty-two, The Lord will give him the throne of his father David. See that in verse 32. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. There will be no end to his kingdom. He will have an everlasting kingdom, according to verse 33. And his kingdom will have no end. Again, verse 33. And then we have some handouts here that also affirm uh, yes. yeah. that affirmed the divinity of Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ. The Old Testament predicted that Messiah would be God. It said in Isaiah 9 and Matthew 1, Jesus claimed heavenly pre-existence. He claimed that because that's exactly what he was. John 6.62 6, Jesus assumed divine authority. In uh, three passages mentioned here, over the Sabbath, over the forgiveness of sins, and over people's eternal destinies. And then Jesus exercised divine authority over demons, over diseases, over death, over the natural world. And then Jesus claimed ownership over that which belongs only to God, kingdoms of God, the kingdom of God, the elect of God, and the angels of God. And then number six, Jesus claimed the ability to answer prayer. According to Luke John 14, Jesus called himself the son of God, a title with divine implication from the Old Testament. According to Luke 19 and Daniel 7, Jesus also called himself the son of God, a title his opponents understood as a claim to deity, which it was. And he got all ruffled up and better to say because of it. All right, remember that? Pharisees, they wanted to stone him. And then Jesus called himself, I am. Remember that? Jesus claimed unity with the Father, according to John fourteen nine. And there are all the verses there that uh, support all those claims. Good to have uh, as a reference. Last passage we have uh, is Luke 1, 35. Okay.
3: Mary asked the angel, How can this be, since I have not had sexual relation to the man? The angel replied to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One will be born, the Holy One will be born, will be called the Son of God. Key word, overshadow, a description of how the Holy Spirit would manifest the power of God and bring about conception and birth of Jesus. All that Mary heard was amazing. For many people, it might be too incredible to believe, but not for Mary. She did ask a question about it, but it was not a question of doubt. Six months earlier, Zachariah asked a question that, on the surface, seemed the same. Zachariah had asked, how can I know this, Luke 1, 18. But Mary asked, how can this be? Mary did not question what Gabriel was, was saying. But she was curious to know how God was going to carry out this miracle. Consider about consider also that Gabriel did not rebuke Mary for her question as he did Zachariah as as he did when Zachariah had questioned earlier. Instead, Gabriel explained what God would do. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. Clearly the conception could be the result of divine activity, the work of God's Spirit. Divine activity meant that the child would be divine. As a result, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Some skeptics say say Jesus never claimed to be God, nor was he touted as the Son of God, until much later in church history. But from Gabriel's first announcement that that Jesus was coming, it was clear that Jesus is God. In defending the faith against those who doubt the nature of Jesus, we can point to Gabriel's words, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. People in our society today offer a wide range of reactions to Jesus. Some like Jesus, some do not. But all can agree no one else has ever been like him. Jesus' greatness eclipses that of any other man or empire. empire. Luke wrote this gospel from a Gentile for a Gentile body, a group that was familiar with emperor worship that was so common in the first century. Gabriel's declaration of Jesus' greatness and divinity thus would have been all the more remarkable to them.
0: Next page.
3: No less, no less striking today and no less needed is the truth of who Jesus is. The truth that Jesus is God and he was born of a virgin should mean everything to us as believers. Jesus had to become one of us human to die in our place. But he couldn't offer the perfect sacrifice if, if he were like every other human with a sin nature. The virgin birth means Jesus had no human father. God is his father. Therefore, Jesus was born without a sin nature. Jesus is fully man and he's fully God. God is with us. Just as Mary trusted God with the truth she heard, so must we. It takes faith. Each of us must accept the truth that Jesus is God's son who came to save us from sin and death. Only Jesus can do that. Let Jesus enter your heart and life. He will bring you forgiveness, hope, healing, and
0: transformation. Amen. Okay, that uh, passage is full of significance uh, that we don't have time to get into. But uh, uh, notice uh, Mary's uh, response or the question... Uh, The answer to Mary's question as to, as to how God would accomplish what he promised, uh, was that the conception of the child would be an act of God's creative power, an act of God, just like all that God did during the works of creation. What God would do for Mary, with Mary, would be an act of God's creative power. It will be a fully an act of God. That's why he says, God the Holy Spirit will bring it to pass. Two members of the Godhead involved there. God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. In the conception of God the Holy, God Jesus Christ, God's Son. Third member of the Godhead. Okay, so fully the Trinity is involved. Also notice, uh, well, let's look at. We saw the, the uh, affirmation of the, the divinity of Jesus on the handout that we gave. But let's look at question number five as we wrap up. Why is it important to understand that Jesus is God? Why is that so important? Everything
2: about Jesus points to his divinity.
0: Okay, that's the point, right? Well, basically, right from the Old Testament, the, the cross that, that was Moses did in the wilderness started from there. Mm-hmm. The healing. The only through Jesus himself that eats. So it has to go from really back in the days that Moses, come right straight down to Isaiah and it goes right through. Mm-hmm. And that is today because he is the son of God. You must remember this tree. Mm-hmm. Father, God, and Son, God the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. So it is. It is no mishap or something like that. It had. It was, it was a day that. Day. Okay. I
2: think that is important because if he
3: wasn't God, he couldn't really take your sins away. He couldn't be the ultimate lamb.
0: Ah, oh, it would be a waste of time. Okay. I mean,
3: I can't take away somebody's sins. You can't take away somebody's sins. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he had to come in order to do that. If he was just a
1: regular person, he could only do something for himself. I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. And, you know, only and God
1: could be sinless. That's right. And so that's that's why he was the only one mm-hmm. who could possibly die in our place.
0: Exactly. And if he didn't, uh, if he didn't, uh, if he didn't come, if he was not uh, uh, God, we would still be making those sacrifices that they made in the Old Testament for our sins. It would still be a bloody issue for us. We'd all have to be bringing our little animals, whether it's a pigeon or, or a yeah. goat or a ram, to some altar somewhere and shedding that blood, having a high priest who could never sit down, shedding that blood for our sins. And that, was a, that would be a continued process if Jesus Christ is not God.
3: And you could imagine how the veil was torn. Mm-hmm. Torn until they even tested that. Child. Yeah. That that veil as
1: well to make sure
0: it couldn't be torn. Mm-hmm. And yet it was torn from top to bottom. Yeah. Do any okay. other
1: sacrifice after?
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, let's look at Live It Out. How we flesh this out. Page 57. In the moments when life feels overwhelming, anxious, or confusing, remember you have a great Savior, Jesus, the Son of the Most High God. How will you live out that truth? Three points. Trust. Trust God for the miracle of a changed life. You want to know how to become a follower of Christ? Talk with your group leader. You can also read the inside front cover of this study guide book that you're looking at. And then pray. Ask the Lord to increase your faith. Trust him with what you know from his word. And then defend. If you have a friend who sees Jesus simply as a good man or a good teacher, share with him or her the reality of the virgin birth of Christ. Pray that his eyes would be open to the impact that trust can have on life. Okay, those are our marching orders, don't we say? Yes. Okay, and so we need to remember to celebrate the good news of Jesus' birth with deeper appreciation for the truth that he is Emmanuel, God with us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the sending your one and only son, Jesus, into the world. Help us to appreciate him and to celebrate him. In Jesus' name we pray, with thanksgiving, Amen. Amen.